Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Killer Collab podcast. Once again, I'm joined with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's up? How's it going? Good day. Going good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring you another episode, another volume of 10 movies you probably have never seen or heard of. Volume 2. Now, putting together this list, we, we like to bring in different movies from different genres and indie movies and just rare movies that we just had to come across of in our experience of uh, watching films as we do very often with all the exorbitant amount of time that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first on our list today, we want to talk about Ghost World. Is our number one uh, or the first, not not in any particular order, but the first movie that had come across. uh, Chris, you had uh, added this to the list. Yeah, I I think Ghost World was a fun movie. it's got Scarlett Johansson before she was Scarlett Johansson. Very young. Very young. And Thora Birch. And it's funny because Thora Birch at the time was supposed to be the new, like, up-and-coming yeah. star. And she kind of fell off after, what, American Pie, I guess. Or not American Pie. Um, American Beauty? American Beauty. And the, then... The Kevin Spacey movie, right? Yeah. And then Scarlett Johansson kind of blew up after Lost in Translation. Yep. Kind of blew her up. Well, Thora Birch had a big, uh, I think that was around the time where uh, she actually just got off now and then. And mm-hmm. she was very like, like she was the, the girl that was going to be like, yeah, the, the, the new it girl for. She um, was going to be the Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. But I just don't think she had the, she the don't have chops. The, no. She didn't have the chops. She, she's a very, um, her, her type of acting is very one dimensional. Right. Um, she's the, the big breasted, Lottie da girl. Right. She, she doesn't have like depth to her. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't think she just has that skill. But uh, yeah, tell them about the, the movie. Yeah, so it's about this these two girls that are teenagers and they just kind of walk around town, meeting people and doing stuff. And Steve Buscemi's in it, and she meets Steve Buscemi, who's like a kind of a like I don't even know how to describe him. He's a, a record collector, and he's like yeah, he's like an anti kind of yeah, like he's an introvert, and he you know has kind of guy quirks. that would live his mo- with his mom till he's fifty. Yeah, it, well he's 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 that guy who has a roommate till he's fifty. Right, so, right. So he's he's that that guy who just you know doesn't have relationships. He's just very outcast. He's right. just like scorned by the whole society of like right. social interactions. And they start hanging out and. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, how they met was uh, they he they saw an ad in the newspaper. They were sitting in a diner and they saw an ad in the paper, like or like I, I think it was just reaching out to a girl that he saw and he was trying to get reattached with her. It was like, it was like right. the original like Craigslist misconnections type thing, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to play a joke on him. They were sitting in the diner and then right. they were like. Well, let's let's call. Let's, let's see if he shows up. Let's see. Let, let's just and then uh, they call him. He shows up, and they're just sitting there making fun of him. Right. And then I guess she just started to feel sorry for yeah. him, and then tried to accidentally like bump into him somehow. Right. And they figure out his name, and then he, she gets like a, like somewhat attached to him, and like or just feel sorry. Maybe that sympathy factor just mm-hmm. did it. I don't know. <laughs> the my favorite part of that movie is uh, there's this guy that is uh like a Jeff Spicoli ripoff from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay, yeah. 
and he's just like this burnout like he goes into this convenience store hilarious like i wish he was in the movie more yeah i mean he's only got like two scenes it was a total obscure character yeah. he was just that wear no shirt <laughs> two scenes and i wish he was in it more because he was hilarious like he was so funny but i don't know it was a cool movie it's, it's cool seeing scarlett johansson before she was like famous and uh Oh yeah, like yeah. I love those movies like that. Like I, like the early episode or early movies of uh, big stars that mm-hmm. are nowadays. I just have a big fan of like that. But the story, Ghost World, I had a, I don't know, the ending kind of gives you a l- translation. Um, but there's a lot of different interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, but you know, you guys give it a give it a look and see what kind of interpretations, and maybe leave a message in the. In the comments and let us know uh, what your interpretation because there are, are many different interpretations that you can um, have with it because it's just that type of uh, ending right. um, you just really don't know mm-hmm. is it a coming of age is it like somebody just leaving the world is it somebody like it, it, there's a different interpretation that right. I, I have uh, experienced with it um, there, there's just different factors into yeah it. I'm a big coming of age fan too like, ah, yeah. I like movies like that Stand by me is one of my favorite. That's like a good it. one. All right, All right. Moving on. Moving on up. Uh, next movie, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Now we had a a conversation of uh, whether this would qualify, but in doing further research, we actually saw that not a lot of people actually did see this movie. Yeah. Originally, it came out on um on uh, video on demand. I don't, I don't know what platform particularly, and then they recently, and then they released it in the theaters, and then didn't really make anything. anything. Like US, they said it made ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars in the, and but well, they said because it was uh the director was a new director of uh, American made films or English speaking um, films. He was uh, um, Norwegian. Norwegian, that's it. Norwegian film uh filmmaker. And he just didn't have that big of a draw yet, not here anyway. Right. Um, internationally, he made about six million. Um, still very low for uh, the Hollywood standards, but, right. and but it's on Netflix, I think now. It, I know it was on Netflix not yeah. too long ago. I don't know if it still is. I think it still is. Yeah, they move movies in and out of there. Yeah. First. So, so uh, yeah, it's really weird how they do it. Um, but th- this movie is uh, is basically a movie. It, it has to deal with like witches and witchcraft too, and like she gets. You just gave it away. Well, <laughs> well, the, the, spoiler alert. When they open <laughs> open her rib cage, you got to see some of that. Well, stuff. it's basically just a dead lady on yeah. a table, and this guy and his son are coroners and doing an autopsy. They're doing an autopsy, and like all this weird stuff starts happening in the. In the uh, very sci-fi and paranormal building, and um, and then like there's a secret that comes out that Tony just revealed. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have I don't think it's necessarily a secret. I just think I just like the the, the way that they do it. Oh yeah, like the atmosphere of this movie is awesome. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of of slow burns that build this amazing tense atmosphere, but have a payoff. Yes. Like there's a movie called It Comes at Night. Yeah. That does that, and there's no, no payoff. <laughs> and I'm like, the movie's over. <laughs> what? Yeah. But yeah, this one definitely has a payoff, and um, I think that got Emil Hirsch yep. and uh, Brian Cox, Cox. Yes. are the two main characters. Actually, it's I think there's three people in the whole. Well, other than the body. Yeah. I think there's three people in the whole movie. 
it's very small cast. Well, you see in the beginning when you know they they found the body. There's a lot of cops. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. At the beginning, how it happens, and then they bring yeah. the, bring him like late at night. The coroner, they give Brian Cox and Hirsch is uh, his son trying to bring him on. Well, he they want him to go to school and all that yeah. stuff. But his son kind of feels like he doesn't really want to do this as a job. But yeah, kind of like a family deal. Yeah, like he felt like he got stuck with it because of his right. yeah because his dad is the 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 only coroner in this one coroner town right. <laughs> and um he's got a girlfriend and you know he, he just like d- doesn't want to be in that whole like lifestyle of living in the right. basement pretty much and just looking at dead bodies it's very it's it's a very uh weird situation especially yeah. growing up in that at that age but every year i make a like a top 10 favorite movies of the year yes list and this was definitely one of the top ones of that year, 2016, well, when it came out. When you mentioned the atmosphere, I definitely like the, the, the design of the sound, the score. Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching this movie, you have to be like not. Um, you have to feel the intricate sounds, the tones, and all of the the, the things that they put on film, mm-hmm. uh, like what they actually show you, because you it, it puts you in that mood. Like it, it makes you scared for what's right. going to happen. And that's, I think, this director captures that really well with the sound design and set design. Yeah, for sure. So it gives them that that opportunity to like an interesting, catch you off guard. An yeah. interesting side note: the body is a real person that literally laid there, yes, lifeless for hours and hours and hours. Pretty cool. I don't know how. Well, I mean, unless I she was either. sleeping, or I don't, I don't know. I don't she know probably fell asleep it. a couple times. But, yeah, unless there was know. like very short sets. Yeah, it was crazy though. All right, next movie on our list. Safety, not guaranteed. Now, I've seen this movie in the past. I, um, I haven't watched it recently. I, I saw it when it first came out, and it's it's it flew under the radar because it was I don't know I, I don't I really don't know why it flew under the radar. It has a pretty good cast, small budget, but and the people you know at the time. Um, I'm trying to remember the damn name of the director. Um, Mark Duplass. So mm. the Duplass brothers, they make a lot of really low budget movies, like fifty thousand dollar movies. Um, and they actually teach people that want to make movies how to make them with like very budget, very little yeah. money. And this was, I don't know if it was his first movie, but it was one of his first movies. Um, and it had Aubrey Plaza. Which I love her. I don't even know if she was. I mean, was she Parks and Rec? I think it was. Was she? Uh, in 2012, like, did anybody know who she was? I don't know. Well, we, we talk about 2012, like, it was so long ago, but it was. It like was. Like, 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years? Wow. I feel like we're getting old. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, you know, it was her and Mark Duplass, and he puts an ad in the paper um, about wanting to meet someone to time travel with him. Yep. And the thing says safety not guaranteed in it, which obviously became the title. Yes. But uh, so this weird kind of girl, she meets up with them to go on. Well, they're writing a story. Time travel in the beginning because it's um the character from uh, that girl or it's I forgot his name, um but he's um a writer for this magazine and he they're doing they're at a pitch meeting um for the next article and he runs across this that that article of uh or that that um that one ad for safety not a guaranteed 
and he just it was like okay let me get uh aubrey plaza and the, the, the other intern so he's I'm gonna write a story on this, but in the side note, he's actually from that city. Right. Uh, so I think that was his the only reason that he wanted to go. But the, the he actually had to write an article about what's going on, and basically she took the reins of it, and she wanted to do the investigative reporting and figure out if this guy's for real or if he's just a, a quack or a or, or it's a kook. And um, he's also done a lot another movie with uh, it has similar similar that horror movie that he did. Didn't he do a horror movie that in that similar? Mark Duplass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Creep. Creep. It was yes. a found footage. Yes, and the, and he did Creep too. And he too. did Creep too. Yeah. That just um, came out but it, the the film style looked almost like just yeah. like it. Like it was it Super was so low weird. Budget and... Like it, it just I, I was like when I was watching it and having uh, doing the interactions, he just had the same like it just felt like it was the same character. Like right. I don't I don't know why. It probably was. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. But he, was, he wanted to go back before he killed all those people. Right, right. <laughs> so he could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, th- but it did feel like it was like a, that same universe. It was really, it yeah. was really weird when I saw. And like all their movies, kind of feel like that too. Um, here I'll run a list of what they've made. It says Mark and Jay Duplass. Um, like I just thought thought um. It, it was just really weird how it just had that same feeling of his right. just like interaction and his um, just his how he went it. They did a movie called Baghead that would totally qualify for this list. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. Um, Jeff, who lives at home, uh, that had um, uh, the dude from How I Met Your Mother, the tall guy. Oh, what the hell's his name? I can't. You're getting old, man. I, I, Jason Siegel. Yes, yes. He's in that. And then um, I, they've made a couple other things. I, I, I like. I have a love hate with Jason Siegel. I <laughs> I love him in How I Met Your Mother, but anything else, I just can't. I, I just think he just does Marshall yeah. such so good that it just he just implants that in my head, and I, and I just love that series. I have the Bro Code book. I have like I love. I lived that whole entire series until sure. the ending. That ruined it for me, but that's another episode. That's a, I could do a whole episode on just the ending of, of How I Met Your Mother. But Jason Siegel, I just have – just anything he else he done acting, I just don't – it doesn't click with me. Like, I don't buy into his character. Right. Like no matter how he's selling it, like forgetting Sarah Marshall, I thought he was very blah. Like I, I just don't – like there was nothing. There was nothing there. Like you see his – he does a nude scene. He had to do a new seed for him right. to break out of Marshall. <laughs> so basically, that's that. That pretty much. I was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. It was just really weird. I just couldn't accept it. But uh, safety not guaranteed was uh, is a movie for you know what if you if you like movies that quirky, yeah quirky goofy <laughs> yeah and you just and just you question it yourself like yeah. is he for real? I mean, basically, if you like Aubrey Plaza, like yeah, all I her movies are the same. Like she's just the weird quirky like except. Chucky. Odd. Except for Child's Play. Yeah, the, the new Child's Play. She was, she was, she was a mom. Yeah, she yeah. was a mom. So it was a definitely, was definitely different, different character. For her, yeah. So it was really, yeah, it was really, uh, I actually liked that one. I mean, I, I liked it too. I got a lot of hate, but I thought it was great. Well, because everyone's bringing it's modern. It it's a modern yeah. version of Chucky, which it, it, I thought was really cool. Yeah, and it was that whole reboot culture that everyone, yeah. is, that the classics are, that the classic people are very uh, hateful on because they just hate how they retell the story. That's right. not how it happened. Right. That's not who Chucky is. And I'm like, if you want the same story, just watch the original. Yeah, like right. it's like, why would why remake something and make it exactly the same? Yes, it's it's just not 
realistic. It's right. just not how you evolve, and especially with new technology nowadays. Like, you, you, there's different things to fear mm. because you know the whole Terminator thing of sure robots taking over the world and, and everybody watching you at all times. Yes, whoops, that's really true. Cause that camera right there is looking right at yeah. me. I don't know why, but yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, next movie on our list: Shotgun Stories. Now, I have uh, an attachment to this movie. Um, not necessarily with the, the father relationship because that was different. Um, how he was a, in the beginning you see the, the father of these kids die and I forget his name, the, the main character, um, he played, General Zod. yeah, it was General Zod character who, who played General Zod. He's pretty much the, the leader of this family. Um, the, the older brother of this family and he's the oldest son of the father who died. Um, who had actually had another side family um, when he left the mother and the mother. The whole that whole father and mother relationship was very um, negative, and it, that's not really the story. The story the story is about the family who uh, the two rival family pretty much, and basically the the family that he, the father left this family for. He's pretty much um, I don't know how to explain it. It's the new family had a such high respect for him because he treated, but then the old family was like, that's not who this guy was. Right. That's they not knew who the real dad. Yeah, they yeah. knew who he really was. He, and he kind of put a, a sh- like sheep's a, clothing over, yeah, the, over, over the, wolf. the new family. Yeah. yeah. And so basically he, the new family got nothing but the good and the old family pretty right. much got the, the drunk and the abusive father who right. was a POS. And um, so then the older, oldest brother of all of them pretty much just, laid it out there at the funeral and then the, old, the new family was like that don't stop it and they started really getting and then they started fighting with and they, they uh mm-hmm. beat up the the younger yeah. or one of the younger brothers and then the family's like oh we're not playing that game right so, and it's and it's and it's pretty much it's like, like back and forth and yes yeah it, it's pretty much like a big war but a mindless war actually well well yeah like they started but it's 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 that other. it's that loyalty and like, like you mess with my family you're gonna you're gonna right. get it and that's that's something where I was like I felt like very close to it because when growing up in my family like we were always back and forth fighting like fist fights mm. like we we were a brutal family like but when someone else tried to mess with us right. our whole family was like <clears throat> we're like as unified as you could possibly be of course within closed doors. At each other's throats, but we. <laughs> I we, think it's we, usually like that. Yeah. With big families. Well, we, it was only four of us. That's still a lot. It's a lot of kids. Yeah, and but I, I, my oldest sister is growing up. She was, uh, she, I mean, she was pretty bad, but then she grew up. She's actually the one with the biggest family now. But the youngest sister, oh man, she's the one I used to send to all. Like, if I have a problem with a girlfriend, I send my youngest sister because she was mm. just like, like she was so <laughs> brutal. <laughs> and I loved it. And my brother, I used to send for like, like for the same reason, but for younger kids before he was eighteen. Mm. And it was just interesting. It was just the the um the chemistry that we had was basically similar to that. Like you mess with us, we're gonna right. end you, and like we're gonna win. Mm. And that's no way fans or buts. Um, so that movie, like I felt very close to. Yeah. Um, General Zod's name is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Okay. He was in Boardwalk Empire also. I haven't that. seen that in so long, and yeah. that's about my hometown. Sure. <laughs> it's about my hometown. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but I, I just think I just I don't know. I never really got into Boardwalk Empire. I think I saw the episode. I just don't like those 
I, I don't. I guess I don't like the time. I, I don't like those time movies. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just something just doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't click for me when. Yeah, uh, it was a good show. No, I mean terrible I, ending. I like the way that show ended. Like I think it had six, six seasons. Maybe. Wasn't Buscemi in that movie? Yeah, that Steve Buscemi played uh, played the lead. Um, but you know it's gangsters and Atlantic City yep. and. Like I said, I know I know like the old stories because like I, said, I grew up there. I I learned about all that stuff. I, I just never got into the show because I just yeah. didn't. I didn't want to Hollywood it. I, I guess I didn't right. want to see like, or I just didn't get into the Hollywood appeal of it. I guess I just I don't know. It was a cool show. Yeah. I mean, if you like gangster stuff, I'd probably like it. Yeah. All right. Next right. movie, Safe. Nope. Oh, where are we? Oh no! Uh, yeah, honeymoon. no honeymoon. Honeymoon. We're doing honeymoon. Now this movie. There's a couple movies named honeymoon too, and this is the scary one. <laughs> this one is the first one that popped up. I guess it because it's one of the newest ones. Yeah, yeah. So this was the first one that popped up when I did a search for it. Now what's that one about? Um, so this couple, I guess they're having issues, uh, or no, they just got married. Yes. And they're um, on their honeymoon. They go on their honeymoon, and it's like Evil Dead cabin. <laughs> they, <laughs> Make, I mean, decide went, to vacation at it was a cabin in the woods, basically. And apparently, she actually used to go there as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they get there, and you know, it's the middle of the night, and the guy wakes up, and his wife's not there. So he starts like looking around for her and can't find her. And she keeps doing this over and over throughout the movie, and he's like following her through the woods to see what the hell is going on and all this stuff. And, uh, it's kind of weird. Um, it's very dark. It's very dark. It's very movie. dark. It's very, again, that, that, uh, atmosphere building movie. The sound. Um, too. I yeah. felt like it had a good payoff. I don't think Tony liked the payoff, but not, not so much. Not so I much. thought it was good. Um, again, just slow moving, slow burn. I wanted to atmosphere. go, I wanted it to go in so many different directions. Like I had, I had literally the movie planned out in my head how I wanted it to go and how mm. I wanted to, like I saw that where it was building and I, I didn't expect the ending necessarily. I just thought it or wanted it to go a different avenue. Right. I wanted it to go darker. I wanted it to go deeper into more of a character like development and different sides of the different characters. Right. I just wanted, I guess I wanted more characters in the movie. I just, I just don't, don't think like, cause these two people, are literally all you see throughout the majority of the right. movie, about eighty yeah, yeah. percent of the For movie. Sure. Like so, like I, I wanted more out of both. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they were great acting ability. It was good, like how they portrayed it, how they, um, how they did the script, and how they acted in it. It was really well done. I just, I wanted it to go a different direction. I just don't think that. I mean, you might like the payoff. Um, you. If you like, I don't know, I, I, I really don't want to give this one away. I just, I personally didn't like it, but I just don't like that type of scenario. Right. If you, I think if you like The Witch, if you like, um. Yeah, I, 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 I have nothing I, I to compare to. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. Um. If you, if you like atmospheric type movies, you will like this majority. 
Mm. If you, um, I mean, you could like the whole thing, but majority of the, the sound, uh, how they did the sound, how they built this, the, the how um, the the director art to it, directorial art to it, to the film quality of all of that, you will like it if you can appreciate how they build it with mm. the sound and how the how the what they portrayed on screen. I think you would like that type of development if you are an atmospheric type person. Right. Um, which actually will bring me to that next movie, but that Chris didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you like a movie that it, it puts you in that in their shoes with the sound, with the feeling, you get that feeling of uh, attachment to the characters. But I just, like I said, I just wanted it to go a different direction. I, I, I had hopes mm. where that the direction it was going to go, but it was just not where I wanted it to go. Right. So, uh, now, before we move on, um, I know me and Tony literally have completely opposite taste, taste in movies. Yes. So, um, he's very art. He likes artsy movies, and like, I, I appreciate the design, the right. design of of the, like the sounds, the quality of the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I like the scene design, how they put, like just the camera angles. I like I like those. How they build the suspense in not even not words spoken, but I like built feeling um, how the actor or the character feels by and I, I think a movie is successful by being able to put the audience in that character's shoes or mm-hmm. having you feel empathy for for that character and like right. and and I, I just grow an attachment to like good artsy feels like that right and I'm more simpleton. <laughs> Like, I don't want to think a whole lot. I just want to watch a movie, know what's going on all the time, and just enter- be entertained by it. I don't want to sit there and have to dissect a movie and think about it and all that. That's not me. So, if you want that kind of movie, then we'll get Tony's recommendations. And if you want simple movies, watch mine. <laughs> if you don't want to so, think, we have a crazy. very diverse list here. Very. But we should be able to. Well, Shotgun Stories to wasn't really. Uh, Shotgun Stories was more of a. Yeah, that was more of my speed. Yeah. That's probably why I liked it. Of all the ones you recommended, that's the one I liked the most. This week, I mean, yeah, last week, week we. I think I think it was pretty good. I think we were both in a similar. You know. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. All right. Next movie. Safe. Julianne Moore, nineteen ninety-five. Now, as I was saying. This is very artsy. It puts you in in the shoes of Julianne Moore in a very troubling time where she. It's it's a movie about like. Uh, Let's say what it is. It's a girl sick the whole movie, or thinks she's sick, or something. Hypochondria, paranoia, anxiety, all those type of mental dis- um, right. mental disorders like are making involved herself with- sick. Or yes, something like like she's the the paranoia and. Well, if you notice throughout the entire movie, you hear in the background either a TV or a radio describing some like something going on, like like the fumes or of vacuum it. cleaners. Yeah, it's like, like the beginning of this movie. I'm like, what is that <laughs> noise? Like, there's somebody <laughs> vacuuming while they're talking. Like, it's, it's the sound bizarre. design. It's it's supposed yeah. to make you feel uncomfortable. It's supposed to. Well, it definitely did that. Exactly. It, mm. Well, like I said, if the if the director or filmmaker could put you in the shoes and make you feel something like right. it's uncomfortable, uneasy, or just awkward. If it makes you feel that, 
I think it's very successful because you're able to attach yourself to the art. Right. And I and I and I am just that type of appreciation for that type of art. I like to be able like like you're in a museum. I'm one of the persons that can actually sit on a stool or sit on the bench and stare at a, a painting and pretty much just go through the entire thing, go left, right, left. Like I'll go through the entire painting and just try to feel or understand cuz even with every paint stroke like you'll you'll you have some type of like motion or type of feeling as you're mm-hmm. doing it. I, I I feel like movies that can do similar to that and have you just fo- so focused on it and so like in into it that I like I said that's that's how I make a movie or see a movies that I like right. because I can attach myself to it. It sucks me in mm-hmm. to the to the art. And this movie, like I said, the way it set up shots, the way it um the way it, how the sound design because all you hear is like how that paranoia is setting in because you mm-hmm. feel like you are being like sucked into what she's feeling like basically it's her what she, you're hearing is what she can hear is what she's hearing because i think that's how they designed it how they wanted her to start to build up this hypochondria anxiety like they wanted you to feel that anxiousness that she was feeling so they right. that's how they designed the movie and how they and I, I just think she portrays it very well. I think she um, personifies the, the actual disorders on there very well. It, the big representation of a lot of these disorders that people actually really suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it puts her in a category. Like, I don't really like too many of her movies. Like, I can't See, think I of, like Julian Moore, but I, can't think of I too didn't many like movies. this one. See, I can't think of any movies that I really I liked her. Like, I, I love Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I liked. There's a movie Heather called Graham. Shortcuts that she was in. She was good in. Mm. Um. Oh, Big Lebowski. Okay, I like that. Uh, I can't think of her character though. She played. Um. Remember the girl that was floating across the ceiling? That was her. Oh. And uh, there was a movie called The Forgotten that was actually decent. That would probably qualify for this list. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I usually like her stuff and I don't know. I just couldn't connect with this one. She came up as this annoying, like I hate people that are like, have an ailment every day and it's just like, yes. all right, nobody yeah. wants to hear your shit. <laughs> but like I said, people actually suffer from these disorders and I think it gave a real representation of what people actually feel that have these disorders. I think it's, it's allows us to recognize certain disorders that we wouldn't normally recognize in our daily life like i go through my entire day and not run into somebody walking around with oxygen tanks or like or just have that feeling of anxiousness and you know maybe they do but it's not like portrayed like it's not like like i don't recognize it like walking Mm. down the street right but i think this actually puts you in the mindset and then the head of what these people actually go through and i think it captures it really well in the in the design of this film yeah and then when she she ends up going to like a bunker, like a commune or whatever oh, yeah. it is, I don't know, and like all the people there were just like so weird. Well, like I said, it's <laughs> and they disorders. were like literally all like her, and I don't know. It was a little she went to a camp. Much. She, basically, it's like the camp from yeah, uh, it was like church camp. Yeah, but, it but also people like- were like like the, she was pulling up in the cab. And the lady started yelling at the guy, "Don't come up here! You're <laughs> contaminating the whole place!" Like, yeah. so weird. <laughs> yes, 
Uh, but I think they also reminded me of the end of last month's uh, episode of uh, movies that I recommended was um, that drug one. I can't think of it, the name of it now. I, for some reason, I can't think of the title. But how they ended up on the camp of in the end where he's basically working in the fields of the poppy seed. I think that it reminded me of that. Right. I don't know why, but it just did. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like this movie for that particular reason where it puts me in her shoes. It actually gives the voice to those people who have these disorders. It gives us recognition of these disorders. And I think understanding these, these disorders and what people, these people go through, I think it, it I think he captured it really well. And, mm-hmm for his audience that wouldn't normally be able to recognize these disorders. I think that, like I said, I think it does. Uh, and I think she captures it very well. Right. Um, like I said, I think this was one of the best acting for Julianne Moore that I recognize um, in her catalog personally. I don't know. But cool. anyway, <laughs> next movie on our list is Chris's uh, Midnight Meat Train. The Midnight Meat Train. Again, another like atmospheric movie. Yes. Um, it's got Vinnie Jones, I don't like the who Guy Ritchie made famous with uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Oh, yeah. uh, Bradley Cooper. Yep. And Love Leslie Bibb. Love her. Um, actually, I think Brooke Shields is in this yes. movie, too, at some yes. point. Um, She's the art dealer or art or the manager of an art gallery or something like yeah. that. So, like, People are missing. They go on this train randomly. and end up missing randomly. And Bradley Cooper's kind of photographer. He's like taking pictures on the train and stuff. And he starts seeing weird stuff going on. And uh, the midnight train. So he starts kind of <laughs> investigating it. And then you didn't like the payoff. No. I loved the payoff. I, like I thought I, the payoff was so. I thought it was so predictable. Out of left. Really? I, you thought, thought, it was, it was I thought it was very predictable. I, I, I thought, thought it was I, I so the, far out of left field it. that. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that happening. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Really? Yeah, Man. I saw it. I saw, I knew, I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Because. See, I loved it. I love the payoff. We'll, we'll talk about it. So I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, right. but we'll talk about it after the show. Um, but I just, I, I saw it coming. I don't know how I saw it, but I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It was just, but it's real dark and it is very dark. And, I, I, uh, I like how slow it, moving yeah. again, like honeymoon, um, you know, slow moving atmosphere building. But it felt real. Like yeah. it felt. I like. I, said, I love those movies where you can, yeah. like, put yourself like you can feel it like in your bones or feel right. it just the, the the chills up your arm. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel what Bradley Cooper is going through during right. this whole like. He he's got that paranoia thing going. He's mm-hmm. got that whole like you feel or and how he was feeling during the whole during that whole movie. I think I think they capture it very well too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know when I knew it was going to happen, but I knew. I just for some reason I was like I was so disappointed, so disappointed. I just, really, dang, yeah. I loved it. Like I said, it, I don't. That's what I, don't I liked know. most about it was the really the ending. Yeah, I, I think. I don't. I don't know where I wanted it to go. Like like the other movie, like I like honeymoon. I didn't. I knew where I wanted that to go. But this one, I didn't know where I wanted it to go. Like right. I thought it was just. I, I felt. I, I I really don't know where I wanted it to go, but I did not want it to go there. <laughs> I just I just. 
It was like yeah, I did I not it. want the train to get off at that station. I, right. <laughs> I did not want to get. I wanted it to keep going and just go through the tunnel. I just I don't know. Uh, yeah, just, it is a it's a horror movie. It's bloody and uh, yeah, very graphic. I um, loved how they did it. For it's very gra- if you like blood, you like t- well, it, it crosses that line of torture torture type of deal, mm-hmm. torture porn type. Torture porn. It, yeah. it, cro- it doesn't cross that line. But it, it comes close, close to it. Right. It comes close to it. It's very brutal. It's very menacing. It's very, like I said, it's very atmospheric where you can actually attach yourself to what's going on. And mm-hmm. I, I think, like I said, they captured it very well. And I think, I'm, it's, I think it's a great watch. Um, I've seen it. I, I've seen it played on Pluto TV, mm-hmm. um, on the horror channel. If you guys want to give it a gander, and if you don't want it, if, if you can't find it anywhere, but I know definitely, I've seen it. On their live TV, on Pluto yeah. TV. I'm sure you can find it on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, something like that. I'm sure it's yes. on one of those streaming yes. sites. But, yeah, cool movie. Um, if you're into horror, definitely a must-watch. And a Bradley Cooper fan. It, like, yeah, it gives Bradley you, Cooper it, it gives you a, definitely a new... Uh, yeah, because back then, he was known for the Hangover movies and yeah. Mr. Funny Guy. And now he, he had no a serious now, role. Yep. And now he's probably doing more dramas than... Yep. Comedies. I mean, you heard ever Silver seen Lines him in a playbook. I think he, I think that was his. Um, the Stars Born. Yep. Um, I I think he's just. I love Bradley Cooper. I love everything that he does. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I think he's so he's got so much depth to him mm-hmm. that he could pretty much capture any role. I, I think he. I don't know. I don't think he could do the action hero thing, but I think he can do everything else. Right. The action hero, I just don't see him. I I just don't. See well, him. that like movie. 18, uh, he did eighteen, but um, he's not really. Face, he was facing uh, 18, but he wasn't really the action hero. Right. He was the face. Well, he was in um, the one where you take the pill and you... Uh, limitless. Limitless, right. I don't... I really, he's not really it's action. Kind of superhero-y, not really. No, but, uh, I mean, super in-depth thinking. I, I just... Right. I mean, like I said, I just don't see him in this, like the, the whole action hero role. I, he's not like a... Like, I can see... I think he's too pretty to be... But then you can say the same thing for Chris Evans, and he... Yeah. Killed it, but so. Captain America is pretty. Yes, but so so could Bradley Cooper play Captain America? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like I said, but that's why I can't fit Bradley Cooper in the action hero right. type type of role. Like I think Bradley Cooper is like more regular guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's not jacked as far as his body. I mean, and he's definitely good looking guy. Yeah. Like just kind of an average person. I think he's like five nine, yeah, five ten. Like just an average guy. Compared to Chris Evans, he's six two. Right. Um, but I, like I said, I just don't think he would have that role of the action hero. I don't think he right. would play a super. He he plays Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. So like, <clears throat> he's not. He's just not built for yeah, action agree. movies. I I think he's like, he's got so much depth and so so he's very well rounded. He just has that little notch of the pie that he just can't do, right. which is the action hero. Which is fine. I, he Keep touches doing what it. You're doing, Bradley. He, exactly, and he touches it with a team, but he just doesn't cross that line. He's just not really like like a, like a judo fighter. Like right. I can't see him doing those roles. I like mean, punching people. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> if he uh, like in the future does get a role like that, I don't know if I can actually. I don't think he can sell it to me mm-hmm. because I just don't see him in that type of role. Right. Like he's just not. Like I don't think of Bradley Cooper action star. Like Chris Evans, I can think he Chris Evans is probably one of the most well-rounded Hollywood stars that I could possibly think of. He does sure. he does dramatic, he does um, comedy, he does action hero. He, I think Chris Evans is one of the most well-rounded actors in all mm-hmm. of Hollywood, and I think I can see him in any role 
that anyone, literally, I can't think of a role that he would not be able to do. Horror, I, I think he could pull off a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he, ha- I think he could be a killer in a movie, and people would love it. Yeah. I, I think I, I just think he has that that ability where he can just do anything. Right. Bradley Cooper, I think he could do the killer too. I think people would be like, like they wouldn't expect it, but if you saw it, you'd be like, oh yeah, right. yeah, he could, oh yeah. And I think I think he's just, I think those two actors have specific abilities, and I think they're very well rounded. Just Bradley Cooper just does not have that notch that Chris right. Evans has. And I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want this be a sweat Chris Evans type podcast mm-hmm. but it, i think he's just one of the biggest actors in yeah, i agree um or the best actors in hollywood today um because he even directs too like he's got movies that he's directed yeah. um i i'll probably bring it up on the next list because he's on um i just really like his movies okay obviously yes like I said, he's so talented. Like I, I really have a very high respect for Chris Evans mm. and Bradley Cooper too. Bradley Cooper is just, uh, just well-rounded in almost every aspect. Mm. Next movie, Little Men. Now, what was that? Another one, man. Like it was. <laughs> if they took out all the B-roll footage of kids skating down the sidewalk and and crap. The movie would have been like a half hour long. <laughs> like there were there were it's ten art, minute. It's, it's another art movie. There were ten minute stints in this movie where there was no dialogue, nothing going on. It was just two kids playing in a park. And it was just like, oh my god! I like tell, let's, let's move on. City, yeah. And the movie's only an hour and a half, <laughs> and like thirty minutes of it, the forty minutes of it is just like B roll. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh my god. I really like this movie. I think it was all right. I mean, I really like what Greg. Kinnear I like the. Doing. I liked the characters. Like I like Greg Kinnear. I like Greg Kinnear a lot. Actually. Yes. Um, the main kid. Um, he doesn't do big budget movies anymore. He just does movies like this. The main kid, his friend, is. I think his name is Tony. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name, but the the New Yorker kid. You know, I loved that kid. Like I thought he was great in yeah. that movie. Um, I mean, it's basically about a family who's dad passes away and they yeah. inherit his home and underneath the home which is like part of the building the dad rented out um the space a storefront to a dressmaker to a lady that has a dress shop <clears throat> and you know the new people coming in expect her to pay more which she wasn't paying a whole lot and there's some tension there but meanwhile the two boys become like best friends yeah so there's kind of like the tension between the two families, yet the kids are best friends. And then there's a point where the kids won't talk to the parents. Yeah. And the parents I, get I all love, pissed I love off that because it, it, yeah. it actually made me think out like like when I was a kid, I, I was like, I used to be petty like that. Right. <laughs> You're not petty, but I used to be very brutal like that. Right. I mean, I, I liked I loved the, I liked the story. I liked the, the relationship. I just didn't like the way it was made. Like, I, again, too much B-roll, not enough substance, like, scenes um if they had made it like a 40 minute short i think it would have been a really really good movie yeah but i just i just wanted the story to keep moving on and it and they would just like lag for five minutes of nothing going on and then it would pick back up again and i didn't didn't it it was that whole art design type. it was almost like they they wrote a script and it was only like 40 pages 
And they were like, well, shit, how are we going to make it a feature? <laughs> Sounds and like a lot of movies that do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Damn it, shower, we were like, man, we need five minutes. Hey, let's do a five-minute shower scene, okay? <laughs> you know? And literally, that's what this movie was. Like, just a lot of... <clears throat> A lot of nothing. Um, and maybe they did it for, uh, I mean, they added a lot of stuff, maybe for different festivals that had to be a certain time. Yeah. Like, maybe they... I think it was like an hour and 28 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was, like it's that. definitely a short movie, but I like the whole, I, I like the whole kids living in the city and the friendship. I love the yeah, child acting sure. of this movie. Yeah, I think they were great. I think that, I, and, I, and I don't say it too often, these kids acted really yeah, well. Yeah, they were both great. Like I don't know how these kids acted so well right. in like in like I mean they weren't in the presence of like big A actors but there were some good actors in there too uh, that yeah. one guy who played Doc Ock was in was in the movie he, and he oh yeah um, I can't even see but he, he I mean he's not a big actor but he's a ve- he's got a big resume and he and these kids were amazing I, I think these kids were really good for being kids I think these kids have depth i think the kids had good acting chops where they were able to um, approach these real life scenarios that they would not have that they would like in a regular as a regular kid you don't have these type of emotions you don't have these type of like depth like i just think they portrayed adult um emotions right. as kids mm-hmm. and i think they oh i i, I just liked how they did it I think that the building, a lot of the B-roll, them building the relationship, yeah. I think it was them pretty but much. But it was just literally like him on a skateboard and the other kid on a scooter. But that's what For we like five minutes going through the city. It's like, all right, I can see doing it for like maybe a minute or 30 seconds. But geez, five minutes. When you're growing up. You and again, I liked the movie. I, I thought it was a good movie. It was a good story. And the actors were all on point. It's just, I just didn't like the way they made it. I wish they had added more substance stuff going on instead of just kids playing in a park. It was just too much. And it was um, basically putting in uh, the shoes of the like you were supposed to be in the shoes of the kids, where these these families were put against each other. I mean, they're not there's not bad blood or anything like that. It was just in awkward or in tough situations that the parents were being portrayed to the kids as and. And it just—it's a movie about parenting, coming of age, understanding the situations. Mm-hmm. It was a movie where you, you just have to—the kids had to recognize that what the family was going through and what right. the, what, what different uh, scenarios and try to come to it in an adult fashion when mm-hmm. the kids were doing. Yeah, it. they were like what or preteen or uh, yeah, I think they were thirteen. They were like thirteen, fourteen years old. Yeah, so that they, they were trying to understand adult emotions in the movie and being able to under try to understand the situation and they were uh, unable to do so. They didn't know how serious. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I understand the situation between the family, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was, um, but it's, it's a real, it, it's, it felt real. Like mm-hmm. the situation, like I can sure. see how, you know, the father had a great relationship with her and that it was very awkward. Yes. Um, you know, there, the conversations with the, lady that did the dresses and she was uh foreign too like she yeah. didn't speak english I, that great yep um and then you know when the new family comes in just those conversations where greg kinnear basically had to tell her yeah i, I need you to pay more money or yeah. you're gonna have to leave yeah. was so awkward and 
painful to watch that scene between them two because that's a hard conversation. I mean, this it lady was there for like 20 years. Yep. And now all of a sudden the new people are coming in and and she had such a relationship out. with the father. Yeah. And basically she had a close relationship with the father then. And that was the thing. It's like I wish they had gone further about that relationship between the dad and the and the lady. Yeah. Because it felt like something was going to come out about it. Yeah. And like like, he was, like her son was his yeah. dad's son or something. And I wanted it to like progress but it just kind of they just it was just forgotten. But like, I, yeah, I, me and your dad had a relationship, and maybe they were intimate or whatever. I think the filmmaker wanted us to un- see it from the kids' perspective because mm-hmm. they, they the kids like I said they don't know the, the the relationships, they don't understand the relationship that the, either the father or the mother. I mean, the kid didn't even mention the grandfather. Didn't right. know, probably didn't even know him really that much. I mm-hmm. think it was just the mom that had the relationship. So. As being in the, putting in the shoes of the kids trying to understand the situation, I think the film director put us in the, the kids' shoes where mm-hmm. they're basically just seeing the like the, the what's on the surface. Yes, and I, and I think that I think like I said I think that's what the director wanted to do because I didn't, I didn't maybe the kids didn't or I guess I think his name is Tony. I really think the yeah, it was Tony. I, I think he didn't see that relationship or didn't understand mm-hmm. the father and mother. Like he said. Um, she said that he that she felt a part of the family more so than the kids were, which was Greg Kinnear's character and the sister, because um, they didn't really know each other. Right. Like if they had such great relationships with their father, they would know who this lady was. Right. But they, they said they haven't visited in like ten years, and that they were so like they were like all I got was the apartment or what? Like it was just very like like the kids were very like Greg Kinnear's character and the, I mean not so much the Greg Kinnear's character it was more the sister that was more of a mm-hmm. uh, a pin in my ass, but I think that how they put us in the kids' shoes, looking at the situation at surface, I think mm. it, it it definitely did did its toll. I mean, I guess you didn't like the execution of it because it, yeah, I just there was just too much extra nonsense. And I'm all for B roll here to make something interesting or yeah, fill time. But I just felt like they kind of overdid it with the time filler stuff. So take about like. 15, 20 minutes of B-roll out in yeah. an hour movie still. Yeah. If it's so, an hour movie, I love it. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely could see that. Um, like I said, I think it, putting us in, I think the whole, they wanted to capture being in, uh, have the film understand or have the audience understand that you are in the kid's shoes. This is what, you know, them building the relationship. This is, as, as kids, that's what we did. Like we rode bikes. We, we didn't say a word sometimes. We would just ride a bike next to our, our friend trying to just build right. that rapport. That's all fine. And but, I think they just want, cause they, damn, 15 minutes of that <laughs> in the movie is like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I like the whole the whole package. I I I did want that movie to go in a different direction, but it didn't. Right. But like I said, it definitely captured the whole putting us in the kids' shoes, mm-hmm. and I think it did it well. Um, sure. So yeah. All right, next movie on our list: Big Night. Love Big Night. Yes, such I, a good movie. I definitely had f- familiarity with the situation, mm-hmm. um, being gr- um, had grown up with an Italian family who Same had here. a restaurant, and uh, when they first got here, they you know they had a restaurant, and then we pretty much grew up in well, us it was a pizzeria restaurant, so it was de- definitely very similar, mm-hmm. um, similar to that. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yeah. uh, Big so the movie is basically two Italian immigrants come to New York. And 
they open a restaurant and they're supposed to have Louis Prima, who is the big singer at the time, come to the restaurant. They're having like this big opening night of the restaurant and they're inviting all these people and Louis Prima is supposed to be the big guest. So they're basically luring people to the restaurant saying that he's going to be there. Yeah. And um, the, the cool part, it's a cooking movie, yes. basically. I mean, it's two guys are chefs. And if you like cooking movies like Chef or, uh, you know, Ratatouille, stuff like that, you'll definitely like this movie. But they make something called Timpani. And it's a, a giant... It's like a giant cake. Like it may, yeah. it looks like a cake. It's huge. Or a big cheese roll. And it's just <laughs> Bread. dumped with freaking <sighs> pastas and meats and eggs, so boiled bad. eggs and like all this stuff in this giant thing. And they're literally making this throughout the movie, this giant thing. Yeah. And uh, it's like a, I guess a pie crust that they put in. It's like a dough I, I, yeah, and they it's a dough fill breading. it with all this yeah. stuff. Then they fold the or dough over it. all the ingredients and then bake it, and it's like a. It's like the creme de la creme. It's it's a giant. Yeah, it's so pie good. full of goodness, I guess. A, a pie full of Italian cuisine. Right, and my <laughs> favorite part is when they cut this thing, and they take this big slice out of it, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I want to make that." Yes, <laughs> it looks so good. I'm like, like oh. I've been wanting to make that for years, and I just. I don't have the will. Like it looks like it's a yeah. it's so intricate and so much stuff that it would probably cost like a hundred dollars to make this. Thing. Well, it also depends how big you want it. Yeah, like, I, I think crazy. the one they had was like this big. It was like a foot wide. Yeah, it was, it was like, huge. It was and huge. they made like three of them. Yeah, it was like oh man, it looks so good. Definitely right. looks so good. And um, I don't know. It's about this opening night of this restaurant and mini drivers in the movie yeah. I, i'm a big fan, big of, mini man, big I, fan of mini driver i yeah. love mini driver um why can't i think of the actor's names uh, uh stanley tucci yep i mean the other the, the chef the the other brother stanley tucci, i i love him love like i said this is the second movie on our list that we've had him in um a uh, big fan of him and the brother who's just the guy who played monk yeah i can't um, think of his name I really can't think of his name, but you know what? I, I think he portrayed that Italian immigrant very well. I think he like he's very short on American language. Right. He was very so Tony Shalhab, Shalhab, Shal yeah, Shalhab, yeah, and um, Mark Anthony's in it. Yeah, oh yeah, very um, young. I don't think he, I don't remember hearing a line from him. Yeah, he know. was in he was in the movie the entire time, but I don't think he spoke once. I think it was just Isabella him. Isabella Rossellini, Lee Schreiber, yeah. I, I, good cast, good acting, but I, I think I had that whole overall feeling that they literally, like, it didn't feel like it was in an actual like restaurant. It was like right. on a soundstage. Like yeah. it was just, like literally all done on a soundstage, and it was very like, and it didn't hide that fact either. Right. Like it just felt like it was on a soundstage, like mm -hmm. like it just felt like a TV show soundstage. Right. That's what it looked like. That and there was like, that. like tense moments because. They didn't know if Louis Primo was going to show up or not. And yes. I'm not going to reveal whether he shows up or not. But that was like... Oh, yeah. They were like waiting for him to show. And well, they was, balanced the whole business basically, basically on, on that night. That's why it was big night. Um, yeah. They put they dropped all their money onto it just to like... Hopefully, it was pretty much... It, they're building it and hopefully they come. And that's um, you know what the big night was all about. It was like, right. we're going to invite all these people. And like a big opening and then... 
make this fantastic um, menu. Um, wasn't really like a like a restaurant full menu. It was like a one big family meal right. type type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it wasn't like a sit at sit at the table and order. It was a whole. I think it was five or six courses. It was. It looked so good. Yeah. So good. Like everything of it. Like every. I see Allura just watching all the food. And... Oh yeah. And I, I think it definitely also captured the Italian difficulty when uh, early Italian immigrants. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely captured that whole coming to America and understanding the culture, right. um, being in debt and dealing with you know <laughs> the language barriers as well as you know trying to be a part of society. I think it definitely right. goes into that whole um, understanding and it helps with that whole um, understanding of that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, being from Italian uh, descent myself, I think that my grandfather and grandmother and their fathers and mothers had to deal with that very, very much so. And it, and it definitely um, made me able to see such difficult um, scenarios that, you know, coming into America and understanding the culture. Right. It's very difficult. Speaking of culture. Um, <laughs> my last, uh, uh, recommendation was if you like, um, I mean, this is a chick flick for the most part, uh, but it also about the LGBTQT community, <laughs> um, also about the Chinese culture. It's understanding like how difficult it was being, uh, gay and being in the Chinese culture, which is basically a no, no. Right. Um, this movie is uh, Saving Face from 2004. Now it's it's subtitled. Uh, well, 90% of it's subtitled. I gener- and that's what's funny is Tony told me, yeah, I don't watch subtitled movies. And then he recommends this I, one, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I think what? It, I, <laughs> I think it was just because it was easier for me to follow. I think it's more like 70% was subtitled. Okay, yeah. I mean, because I mean, she's a, a, a doctor in America yeah. who's, you know. It doesn't really bother me, but. No. Whatever. But I mean, the subtitles, like, but I was able, I was able to follow along really well. Like, a lot of subtitle movies are just like not dubbed, but the way they do it, yeah, it's just they they, they do a whole statement and then it's then it's the line and it's like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I think it maybe yeah, the, the subtitles didn't take me out of it. Yeah, um, which a lot of times subtitles will take me out of it because I like I said following along is like. Like I can write, I know how to read, but at the same time, like I don't want it to separate myself Take from, the, from the, the actual. But the video. way the fashion of this movie was made, I mean, it's not a fast-moving movie. It's not like like an action. It's not it's like I don't need to like I can actually be involved in the scene. Right. Like I can actually follow along. Where emotion, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel that their emotion. This is one scene in particular. <laughs> Which one? The sex scene was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, well, I mean that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a great scene. But this movie um, dives into the Chinese culture and how close knit and how they wanted Chinese and Chinese to marry Chinese. Right, and, and it's more like how the parents control yes. or try to control the well, kids culturally. That's culturally, right? and it's, yeah, it seemed like the girl was too American to be controlled. And she yeah. was kind of like rebelling, I guess, uh, from against her mom, and um, and then ultimately, like how the mom handled it, and yeah, uh, and then the mother gets pregnant, yeah, out of marriage. Yeah, it was almost like, um, well, the girl ends up being gay. And yes, the main character. She yes. 
you know, she's telling her mom, I'm gay, and her mom's like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to marry. Like, you're going to marry right. a, a, a so successful weird. man. Like, like the, I, she had um, – she was pregnant out of uh, wedlock. Um, no, the, through the entire movie, you don't know who the father is, right. which is a big shame in, in Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. Like, having a child outside of marriage is not – is definitely frowned upon in that culture. So, basically, her father – is uh these people age? I really wish I had the genetics of a Chinese person. Yeah, no, right. I would never age. Um, but the father was just so like they disowned her. They right. out of their she kicked her his daughter out of the community for not being married and, and being pregnant. And I and she moved in with the main character, the daughter, mm-hmm. who is a lesbian. And now basically she has she's dealing with being a lesbian and then her mo- the mother is dealing with being pregnant and being disowned from the father and right. then during the whole time the father's like who's the father and then you have to get married or it's to be back in our community right. and I, I just how they dealt with it how they um, approached it I think it was very not with kid gloves but they were able to show the struggle between both of these mm-hmm. characters. And I, I think that even even though the mother pregnancy was a side story, the big story was her being a lesbian in Chinese culture and her actually accepting it herself of being a lesbian right. um, and how she was able to like keep it from the mother and how her, she wanted to keep the secret or say it or, you know, reveal it to like, she, she it's just, she's going through back and forth, back and forth. She just didn't even know like if she was allowed to have these feelings, well, she right. wasn't. But in her culture, I mean, but in real reality, it's just, I, I just think it was you just like a, what you like. Yeah. And I, I just think it was a good story to be told. And I think it's a very difficult scenario and um, difficult um, topic for such a culture. Mm-hmm. And then di- the, the culture itself is a difficult topic on itself right. because of how they are the hierarchy of family. Basically it's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the father and the mother. The father is very, they're very patriarchy type society. Right. So the father is like the king and like you follow the orders and you listen to him. And that's, and it's basically they're branching off of that. And I think it's how it happens. I think it's, I like, I, I think it does pay off well. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. <laughs> nice. All right. So, this episode of 10 movies you have probably not seen or heard of has been pretty good. Yes, yes. I think I think we hit different different strides. I think we different uh, had a lot of different um, different type of movies. Yeah, a couple quirky movies, some yep. family dramas, some artsy um, films, some horror movies. Yeah, I think the list is pretty well rounded. I think the list was pretty well rounded, and yep. uh, and then and we'll try to do that next month for you. Yeah, next month. I, I already have two planned out. Yeah, uh, I got like eight. <laughs> yeah, well, you're. you're <laughs> this is what I think of some. When I think of one, I'll just jot it down on my phone. But that's what that's what I, that's what I do too. Like I just or whenever I see something that reminds me of one, I'm like, oh yeah. All right, right. Um, I'll just write it down right now. I I think I have two listed so far um get on it so uh next month we'll, we will definitely have another list so th- this is volume two uh once again i, I was joined with chris Leto from reaper films yes, sir. and uh thank you guys make sure you like subscribe and hit the bell so we and so you get notified every time we put up a new video you guys have a great day be happy be safe